right, let's pray over the word. Father, we are grateful and thankful to you. We are thankful for your word that changes us, molds us, and reshapes us into who you want us to be. Father, we are so thankful that you are present in the midst of us. For you have promised that where we are gathered, two or more, you are in the midst of us. So we acknowledge you here today, and we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your message, your words, and your inspiration for our hearts today. And we give you praise and thanksgiving for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to go over to Acts 17. I just have a brief intro follow-up from last week, and the pastor's got some things he wants to share with you. Last week in Acts 17, we read one scripture, but how many of you remember this guy? This big guy. Hallelujah. This is the wheel within a wheel. And in Acts 17, 28, it says, In him we live and move and have our being. So last week... Juan offered to come and help me now. Last week, we had this, and we made reference to God being the core, and every piece of our life is a spoke that comes out from the core, that everything about our life needs to circle and center on God being the core. God is the center of it. God is the place we have to connect. And if you remember right, we talked about how sometimes the temptation is to take a spoke out and separate it from God because we just want to, let's just, I'm not going to pull it off completely. Say you want your marriage to work. The temptation is pull away from God in your marriage because you've got an idea, you've got a thought, you've got a strategy, you've got a way it's going to work. But then what happens when we pull away, we become a spoke separated from the hub. And it's the hub that we need to have in our life. You know, I was thinking about this when pastors ministered on the first service, so they didn't hear this part. But the idea is to get the hub bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger till we have what we call the whole wheel, right? So God as the center wants to be involved in every part. Now we as believers and we as people have the choice whether or not to connect a part of our life into God or not. We can take a piece of our life and separate it from God. Or we can keep everything in our life connected to him. All right? With the connection, then there provides a strength that is not afforded when it's solo. There is a strength because the, the connection to God is what makes this spoke strong. The connection to God. This spoke in itself would not be able to bear the weight that it can bear when it's connected to God. The other thing is this spoke without connection to God is unstable. Maybe another word we can use is inconsistent okay maybe another word we could use is flaky <laughs> okay there's all kinds of things see it's it's connecting to god which gives us stability fortitude and consistency and as we're connected to god then what is in god can affect our life now um if i had a little cup here 
and there was liquid in it, and I went about my daily life, what would happen to the things that are in the cup? It would spread down all the spokes, right? And the fat, you got ready? The faster I spin it, the more likely it would spin out, okay? So what we need to understand is it's not us getting our substance in God. It's God getting his substance in us. But yet it's our choice to connect to him because without connection, I could spin this wheel all day and what's in the core will never get in this spoke, okay? It's the connection. It's the connection that gives us strength. It's the connection that gets us stability. So how do we connect? You know, I heard a minister years ago say this. God told them that he would change anything about their life and could perfect anything about their life if they were willing to give him just one thing. And that one thing is time. So we have to have time with God with the Father in order for what's in the Father to flow through us in our life. Because this is our life. We're the outside of the wheel. And you know, what happens if you take a spoke that's supposed to be connected to God and you put it on the outside of the wheel? This isn't a very good wheel. It's a bumpy ride, right? And it doesn't have the ability to make progress. When we pull the spokes out of God and stick them on the outside of our life, then we can't make progress. It's a rough ride, and there's not pleasantries in this life, okay? But as we keep everything connected as God intended, our life moves and evolves around God. You know, um, the best way to say it is, is there has to be a revolving of everything in your life that's kept in check by a connection to God so it stays the same and can stay consistent moving forward because a spoke out here is never going to do good. All it's going to be is a handle. And more than likely, the very thing you disconnected from God to protect is going to get broken. Whatever you pull out of the core and put on the outside anywhere, this is too vulnerable and it's going to get broken. And many times we think we've got it better or God doesn't understand or God doesn't know or he can't help. And we pull that spoke out of the connection with God. And what happens is the very thing that you earnestly tried to protect and keep ends up broken. And that is never a place to live, right? So what we call this, if we continually connect, if we continually make this connection to the core, the word of God calls that abiding. And another time, another service, we'll talk about the benefits of abiding, staying connected. Because I want my children to do the things that are supposed to be done in God. I want my church to progress in God. I want my finances. I want this. You know, we want all of these things blessed, but the blessing is contained in the core. And as our life revolves around it, then that blessing comes out 
to every area of our life. It's the connection that causes us to be blessed. Amen? Hallelujah. You want to put that down, Juan? Hallelujah. It's the connection that provides stability. It's the connection that we have with the core. It's the connection that makes our life different. It's the connection. And we can never take, this is the other thing. Sometimes we try to take out a spoke and call that spoke, well, that's God because I've still got him in my life. But if he's not the core and he becomes just a spoke, just another element of my life instead of the core of my life, it too will get broken. You cannot live a life for God separating from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, go with me to, to Mark 12. And again, we'll just kind of continue a little bit with a, a review of last week. And then we're going to jump into what we have for you today. But Mark chapter 12 again. Amen. Um, this year, um, what I'm doing, or at least the start of the year, I don't know how long it's going to go, but I just kind of felt like in my, my spirit, in my time with God, that this was going to be the year of the Godhead. In other words, the, the, of knowing and understanding the, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And what we started off with is, is understanding our relationship with the Father, because to me, that's pretty core. Amen. You got to have uh, you know, a relationship moving uh, with, with your heavenly Father. Praise God. And so Mark and chapter 1, I forgot my glasses. Can you believe that? Thank you, sir. Uh, Mark and 12 says this in verse 28. I got to back up here to read it. Amen. Then one of the scribes came and having uh, heard them uh, reasoning uh, together, uh, perceiving that he had an answer or had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And of course, Jesus answered, right? He says, the first shall, or the first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, talking about the Father now, the Lord our God, the Lord is what? One. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. There we are. Thank you. Hallelujah. Everybody say, the Lord is one. The Lord is one. one. Praise God. Now that word uh, means first uh, or alone or only or every, but it, it means primary. And that was kind of the, the key word we used last week, primary. Uh, he's not just priority, you know, because if he's just priority, that just means he's on top of the list. And then as you go down the list, everything else now begins to consume your time. And God usually gets left, uh, you know, behind a little bit. Come on, somebody. But he's primary. Everybody say Primary. Primary means involved in everything. He's first in everything. Amen. So when you're talking about your family, he's going to be first when it comes time to your family. When you're talking about your finance, he's going to be first in your finance. When you're talking about your time, he's first with your time. You talk about, uh, you know, uh, uh, your, your uh, retirement. I talk about, you know, your future, all that. Put God first. Guess what? It all works. And as we've been talking about uh, last week and again this week is that the more he's involved with, the better it works. The better the wheel rolls down the down the down the road, praise God. Amen. So the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Put verse 30 up now. Hallelujah. It says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Uh, this is the first commandment. And verse 31, please. says, And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandments greater than these. In fact, some some of the gospels bring out that that the, all the law and the prophets hinges on these two. Uh, these two commandments. Everything works off these two. If you can get these two commandments down, guess what? It works. 
Amen. It is everything swings off of it. Amen. Now, uh, I'm here to tell you, though, um, that it's hard to love God with everything and hard to love your neighbor as yourself uh, if God isn't prior, uh, is primary in your life. And that's why he said the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. Because what happens is, you know, it just becomes uh, a thing that every now and then you say, you know what, I'm going to love God at this moment, or I'm going to um, do it according to my schedule. Come on, somebody. And I mean, no, that's probably not, uh, it's probably going to hang you up somewhere. You with me? It'll probably hang you up. And I, I guarantee you, you ain't going to love your neighbor as yourself if God isn't primary. Because some of you are scoundrels. Well, there's some that were and some that maybe still working on it. But, but uh, amen. Come on now. Come on. Wait, how many know not everybody around us is always, you know, a blue ribbon sheep? Come on, right? Sometimes, you know, they have a, a tendency to let, the, uh, you know, let the, the, the worst get the best of them. And next thing you know, uh, you know, now it's, it's pulling on you and me and trying to get us to, uh, to, to, to yield to uh, whatever it is, praise God. But, you know, when God is primary in your life, guess what? It's a whole lot easier to love others. And it's definitely a lot easier to love Him with all, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. Now, with that said, uh, turn to Genesis 1. We're going to try to read the whole Bible today. <laughs> Genesis 1. Hallelujah. Now, um, talking about the Father, um, uh, because that's going to be kind of our, our focus here, at least for right now. Uh, ultimately, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, the Son. We'll talk more about the Holy Spirit uh, in this, but... I wanted to kind of bring some things out about the Father. See, the, the Father is one. He's, he is, amen, our prior, He is our primary in our life, praise God, the one, amen, that, that makes sure that every part of our life works, amen. The problem is not a lot of people have a relationship with the Father. Okay, they might have a, an emphasis on Jesus or they might have an emphasis on the Holy Spirit, um, depending on who you are and where you're, you know, your background, all that kind of stuff. And we're not, you know, against anything about that. But I noticed that if you have a uh, focus on just one and not the others, I'm talking about Father, Son, Holy Ghost here, uh, things begin to get out of whack. Are you with me? Uh, sometimes we get legalistic. Sometimes we get uh, loose living. Sometimes we just get loony. Those are my L words. Okay, well, I'll try it anyway. Anyway, so anyway, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That's a pretty cool thing. Amen. So what does that mean? Well, uh, the word God here is the word Elohim, okay, is the actual Hebrew word. And this word, praise God, it means creator of all or the establisher of all things, okay, is what this word means, Elohim. Now put Genesis 17 up there, if you will, verse 1. Look how fast we're going through Genesis. Then Abraham was 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am, here we go, Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. Now the word Almighty God here is El Shaddai. It's a different, a different redemptive name of, of our God. Amen. But this one here, redemptive name, this all, Almighty God, or, El, or the word is El Shaddai is the word, and it means all-sufficient one or one that is more than enough. But when you look at it in context, when he's, the whole thing that's happening right here is that it's, 
He's overriding creation. Now, the reason I'm bringing it up is, you know, Genesis 1.1 talks about he's the creator of all. In other words, all creation, he's the one that established it all. He's the one that set it all in motion. How the planet rotates, how the stars are what they do, how, uh, you know, everything, how the water flows, how, you know, everything from down to how your body functions. It was all designed by God. The creator designed it. Still with me? You know, I'm just trying to establish something here. So he created all things, and then he also holds the right to override something if he has to. When he parted the sea, what did he do? Well, that was, in a sense, that was El Shaddai manifested because water isn't supposed to stand up. Come on. So it all stood up, and the ground instantly went dry, and they crossed over. In the context of this in Genesis 17, a woman who is beyond the years of, of childbearing, amen, her body, there's a creative miracle happens in her body, and she begin, or she's able then to take seed, come on now, and begin to have, amen, the promised child. Now, somebody said, why are you reading all this? Well, because most of the time, this is about the extent of our relationship with God. We see God as the God... Uh, that, you know, that he's the one that did it all and the one that can do anything. And so what happens is that's about the extent of our relationship. Most Christians, if you ask them, is God, you know, the creator of all? Of course, right? No, there ain't no Christian that's going to deny that or reject that. And they're not going to deny or reject that God could do anything. Are you still with me? The point is, God isn't doing all that just so you know that he can do all things and come on can change anything. He's doing it because he's doing it for you. It's all about an intimacy or relationship with you. Amen. Everything, everything he did. In fact, let's go to another reference here because we're talking about the father. Go to John 3.16. Anybody remember that verse? All right. Now, I hope you, hope you got an ear to hear, and I appreciate uh, Trudy giving me a little more time here today because um, I got a few verses to go to. But for God, so what? Love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. So what do you see here? Well, you see something more than just a creator. You see something more than the one that can do all things. Amen. You're seeing one here that's actually in love with mankind. See, not only is God love, God is in love with you and me. See, God's looking for a relationship. God is looking for you to connect because the more you connect, the better your life gets. But see, if he's just that creator, now hear me now, if he's just that creator and he's just the one that can do all things, then what happens, he, he, for most people, he's beyond reach. And that's not how God intended all that to be. God did all this so you could connect. So what happens is the most, uh, and, and, and I mean this, you know, uh, you know, made mention of it earlier, 30 years now as, as a senior pastor, uh, one of the things that I've seen and noticed is that a lot of people do not, uh, do not develop an intimate relationship with the Father. They, they lack that, okay? And uh, so what happens is they miss out on all the things that 
that are available mainly because of what we've been talking about. If he's not uh, if he's not primary, if he's not a part of every part of your life, what happens is this all gets out of whack and then you strain and struggle to try to make it work. So you try to make your marriage work just based on how dad did it or how mom did it. Come on, somebody. Or come on. Or you try to raise your kids the way, uh, you know, somebody raised you. Or even Trudy made mention last week, you know, you may be you raise your kids be, in a different way because you didn't like the way you were raised, so you'd made a decision, I'm going to raise them the way I want to raise them. Well, how's that working for you? See, the point is this. We're not making light of anything. We're not making light of any part of your life. See, you have a life to live on planet Earth. But God is trying to make that life an abundant life. And the only way that can happen is if He is a part of it. Now, the only way He's going to be a part of it is if you develop a sense of fellowship and communion with Him on a day-to-day basis. Let's look at another... uh, In fact, let's do it this way. Um, uh, Let's look back at verse 16 again. Put that back, verse 16 again. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Amen. Now, um, He gave you His Son. Okay? Um, what all has Jesus done? Well, in this context, you know, in these two verses here, we see that He's, he's our salvation, right? We, know, we also know He's our Redeemer. He's paid a price for you. We also know, amen, that the blood was shed. Uh, there's remission of sins and forgiveness. Everybody say, praise the Lord. All this is good, but now, who sent the Son? See, the Son has done so many great things for you and me. Amen, right? The Word says He's the Word made flesh. Amen? Amen. He's the light of the world. So He's the one that come to bring illumination. The Word said He's the will of God in manifestation. He said, I don't do anything unless I, uh, you know, see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. He said, "My, my sustenance is to do the will of God. In fact, all the way through His ministry, you see where He chases after the will of God and then he walks it out the way the, the Spirit of God tells him. Now, the point I'm trying to make is Jesus, amen, has done a lot of things for you and me. But who sent the Son? The Father sent the Son. Amen. And Jesus is our example of how we can live this life. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of what the Lord has done for you and me. Now, as we get into this series, as we kind of move forward, at least I I feel like it's going to be like a series, uh, we'll take some time and just go through the things that the Lord has done in a little bit more detail. Uh, But right now, I'm focusing more on the Father. I'm trying to bring out that everything that that the Son has done was based on what the Father sent Him to do. In fact, Jesus constantly pointed back to the Father. He always pointed back to the Father. He tried to encourage you and me in the area of, of, of communion, in the area of prayer, area of communion, amen, is to do like He did. And even when they asked Him, well, how do you pray? The first thing it starts with, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Praise the Lord. That's where it starts. It starts, amen, with that relationship with the Father. Still with me? Let's put another text up. Put... Uh, what is it, John, uh, what did I give you, John? 
John 14, is that right? John 14, verse 16. Now, here we go. And I will pray the Father, this is Jesus talking, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. Verse 17, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, uh, but you know Him, for He uh, dwells with you and will be what? In you. Who's he, who's he talking about? Now, you know, the Holy Spirit's done some great things. Everybody say, praise God for the Holy Ghost. Uh-huh. Come on now, right? The Word brings out through these texts, He's the helper. Some say comforter. That's a, some of your translations might say comforter or strengthener or standby. You go a little bit further in John, it talks about Him being the teacher, the one that brings things to your remembrance. He's the Spirit of truth. He brings confirmation. He's your daily guide. Come on. He's the one that leads. Amen. Now, come on, right? That's, that's what it's all about. Now, the point I'm trying to bring is there's so many great things that the Holy Spirit has done, just like there's so many great things that the Son, our Lord Jesus, amen, has done for us, amen. But who sent the Son? Who sent the Holy Spirit? The Father did. Now, Jesus said it's good. You know, you read a little bit further on in John. He says, it's good that I go away. It's to, he actually said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I go away, then the, then the Father can send to you. Amen. Hallelujah. The point I'm trying to make is this. You know, we can look at the greatness of Jesus and the greatness of the Holy Spirit and all of it's wonderful and, and necessary. But you can never forget about the Father because all of it points back to the Father. It's about an intimacy with the Father. In fact, the Holy Spirit, one of its, its definitions is breath. The breath of who? Breath of God. So, you know, we're not, see, we're not making light of any. We're just trying to show you that even in the sense of three entities with three modes of operation, there's still one. Come on. But it always comes back to the Father. Am I losing you or do I have you? To me, I just, you know, to me, I feel like the greatest thing, one of the greatest things that happened in my life was a revelation of who the Father was. See, it's in the Father that you have uh, um, a sense of intimacy. It's in the Father that you get maturity. And it's in the Father, come on now, that you get identity. It always comes out of the Father. But see, if there's no relationship or intimacy with the Father, we're going to lack some things about identity and who we are. We're going to lack some things about maturity. And some of the things that I've seen and struggle in the body of Christ, it, in the area of lack of maturity or the lack of, of identity, is going to come out of the fact of a lack of intimacy or connection with their father. With me? Put, uh, put the next one up. Put the Romans 8 up. Have I ever told you how much I love Romans 8? Uh-huh. He said, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, what? Cry out what? Abba, Father. The only reason I wanted to bring that is because he's talking about here, this word, in fact, the Greek word for this, uh, the best they can come up with um, in our vernacular, uh, you know, our words to, to meet this Abba, Father, is Daddy. That's about the closest we come, we come up to it in English. Um, and the point trying to be made here, he, he, what he's talking about in context, is a, is a fearless um, uh, fellowship with God, a fearless connection. You don't have to be fearful of your Heavenly Father. 
Now, I'm not talking about the fear of God in the sense of reverence and awe and respect. You don't ever want to lose that. But we're talking about you don't have to be scared out of your pants to talk with God. See, a lot of people see to them, as I said earlier, he's the, he's the one that's created all things and he's the one that can do all things. And that's about where he stays. So he's, he's unreachable in a sense, or at least to, uh, to the normal individual, he seems unreachable, which he's not unreachable. See, this here is talking about the fact that he's your father, he's your dad. Amen. And he's looking for you to hop up in his lap, so to speak. And I'm not trying to, you know, make light of anything. I'm just trying to say literally that's what it comes down to. See, he paid a price. He sent his son and sent the Spirit of God to do all these things. Why? Just to, to, to get, make sure that, it's, uh, con- that you are connected. There we go. That you are connected to him. Everything they did was to point back to him. So he's saying, listen, climb up in my lap. I want to I talk to you about some things. I want to help you with some things. See, a lot of times we go along and we're trying to, you know, everything from, uh, you know, as I said, your dreams and goals, your health, or, or even your time with God in the area of church going and all that kind of stuff. Amen. Well, you know, you try to, try to maintain your life. And, you know, uh, for the church, for the most part, nobody's going to badmouth Jesus. I mean, you're not going to badmouth the Father either, but I'm just saying there's a, everything, you know, is about Jesus or, or in some groups it's going to all be about the Holy Ghost. Come on. But when it really comes down to it, it's really it's about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's about the Father is where it always points back to, an intimacy, a connection with the Father. Amen. And this, amen, if you understood that, Amen. You would, you would constantly stay connected right here. Amen. And then as your life turns, amen, it works. Amen. See, if, if he's not the sinner, then we try to fit God in here or there. We try to fit church in here or there. We try to, you know, we just, we just lack some things, all right? Now, the next verse, let's just real quick here. I know I'm kind of trying to wrap her up here. Uh, Matthew 6, please, says this, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in a secret place, and your Father who, who sees in secret will reward you openly. Praise God. Now, this is Jesus talking. Of course, in context, he's talking about uh, your connection, uh, communion with God, and then he goes on after that and then gives you the, the whole, you know, you know, the Lord's Prayer, you know, uh, comes in after that, but it starts with coming together and it's talking about a personal commitment. The reason he's talking about going in and shut the door, he's talking about getting getting connected, amen, getting um, getting alone with God, amen, getting intimate with God, going to that secret place with your God, amen, commune with Him, hallelujah, you and Him one-on-one. Somebody said, well, I have a hard time communicating with him. You shouldn't. It's, it's like talking with a friend. And I have uh, just what, in my own personal, um, you know, time with God, um, how, you know, how it all started was just the fact, first off, I had to be made aware of the fact that, you know, you kind of do some of this God stuff nonchalantly. 
you know, well, I prayed, I did this, I did that. And then, but the day that I got the understanding of the fact that it's about intimacy with the Father, everything else started snapping into place. Still with me? I feel like I'm boring you. Am I boring you? All right. So to me, we're starting off a year, and not that it really means anything. We could have done this sermon in February. Come on. But to me, this is where it starts. Taking the time every day to connect with our Heavenly Father and let Him walk you through things. Somebody says, well, I have a hard time uh, hearing God. Well, uh, really, to be honest, when you, when you go in, that's what he's talking about here, is getting into a place where there's no distractions. If you'll learn to do that, I guarantee you it won't be long, and you're going to start hearing the voice of God. And God will walk you through things. Let's look at another verse real quick. Let's look at uh, Hebrews 4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us come boldly or with confidence to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. How many think mercy would be nice to have, right? Okay, mercy is just talking about really uh, that divine compassion. So in other words, whatever, you know, has gone wrong or whatever's happened in your, in, you know, from yesterday to yesteryear, that mercy's there. The word said his mercies are new every day. But a lot of people miss out on the mercy because they don't spend any time with him. And the whole time there's mercy that's available. Some people live their whole life based on the results of mistakes made. And we're not pointing out any mistakes. That's not our point. Our heart, our heart today is that God made a way so you can walk free from your mistakes. I mean, part of what Jesus did, the Word says He came to give you a gift of righteousness from the Father. See, bring you in a place of right standing. That's really what, that comes out of that thing of mercy where there was a price paid for you so you don't have to walk around with guilt, shame, condemnation. I've seen more Christians that will not move forward in God because of guilt, shame, condemnation, inferiority. But he said, listen, it's mercy is readily available. Just come and sit on my lap for a minute. We'll take care of all that and find grace to help in time of need. And you know, you know how we minister on that. The word grace defined as uh, divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in your life. In other words, mercy is about covering anything from this moment back, but grace is about empowering you from this moment forward. Where do you find that? Well, at the throne of grace. Well, who's that? The point is, okay, a lot of things that would make life better can come just out of a few moments in the presence of God. So my heart with what we're talking about here the last week and this week, and I don't know, we'll see what happens next week, but the, the, the point is this. God wants to give you an abundant life. He wants every part of your life working. Now, if all we see Him as is just the Creator or the one that can do all things, He might seem out of reach or He might seem 
you know, some people, I don't know why it is, but some people, you know, jump back into stories out of the old covenant and try to make God look like some mean old ogre. He's mad at everybody, which he is not, okay? Most of that's just misread or misunderstood. Come on. Are you still with me? See, but when you get to know the Father, you don't see any of that. What you see, now don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a, a moment when God, you know, you know, God could bring some correction, right? Right? Um, I'd rather be corrected by him than, than you. I'm just saying. I mean, I love you, but I'd rather God tell me what I'm doing wrong than you come up and say, this is what you're doing wrong. Give me your list. And you'd probably rather have him tell you than me tell you what you're doing wrong. Are you still with me? The point is this, that when you, when you spend time with God, there is moments where God will talk to you about something. And that's what I'm talking about. See, in God, there is maturity. There's, you mature faster when you spend time with God. Because it not only does God, you know, give you maybe some instruction about something or show you how to change something or, or, or make something different, but he gives you the grace, the empowerment to walk it out. So it isn't like seen like some kind of complicated thing that can't happen or something beyond your, uh, your reach. You obtain mercy and you find grace to help in time of need. I, um, I can't tell you probably anything greater uh, I can't feed anything greater to you than to encourage you to spend time with your Father. Of all the teachings, of all the things, in fact, if you just really break it down, it all always comes down to this. He's the, you know, it all works because you're connected to Him. So I felt in my heart that this was something that I wanted to start this year off with, is understanding the importance of intimacy with God. Now, before I let you go, <clears throat> it is not complicated. God doesn't need you to get down on your knees. Now, if you want to, that's your business. How you, how you can commune with your father is your business. But God does want from you alone time. You don't have to speak Elizabethan English to talk with God. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, durst thou knowest that if Ieth needeth youeth. How many know? That's probably not, chances are, it's probably not coming from a real heartfelt thing. Come on, somebody. But God will talk to you just the way you are. God accepts you the way you are, but he will never leave you the way you are. Amen. So when I'm talking about communion with God, time with God, it's just learning to just get that alone time and sit down and begin to talk to the Father like you would talk to a friend. And as you begin to do that, you will find but that relationship will begin to develop and grow. And you will find as you do that how much God is in love with you and how much God wants to see your life succeed.
and how much God wants to eliminate that stuff behind and move you toward the things you're destined for. Every little bit of time with Him, you'll find, amen, that that comes out. Are you with me today? Did I bore you with all this today? I hope not. Praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. Give the Lord a praise. Come on now. Hallelujah. Appreciate uh, letting me uh, uh, talk on this today. And half my notes kind of went out the window. But, but uh, yes, ma'am. Got a, you forgot an announcement? Well, come on up here, girl. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whoop. Got it? Jesus never had a microphone. He never had to have a microphone. I don't even know that I really need a microphone, but we do have to, if we're recording, we have to have it. I just want to let you know, I forgot to let everybody know, that starting today, um, we're opening our elementary children's uh, uh, church. But children's care is only in the second service. Mm -hmm. So if you have a first grader through fifth grader, today we're starting with children's church on the 11 o'clock service. So we'll have nursery, preschool, and elementary at the 11 o'clock service from now on. So praise, praise the, Lord. the Lord. Forgot that. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, stand up. Let's pray. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we give praise and we give honor today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these principles we've learned today. And but Lord, probably more than even all that, thank you for just, hallelujah, our connection with you. Having an ear to hear and hallelujah. Thank you for your love that's extended toward us, for your mercy, your compassion, for your grace, that empowerment, that influence from above. Thank you for all that you've, your son that you've sent, hallelujah, because of your love for us, all that our Lord and Savior has done for us. Thank you for all that the Spirit of God has done and is doing for us. But Lord, we know it always starts and ends with a relationship with you. So, Father, help. Bring us forward in that. Forgive us for the times that maybe we've maybe lost sight of that or maybe just didn't know about it. But Lord, we know that you're, you're just and you're faithful to forgive, and we receive that. And Father, it's my heart for this congregation, maybe those that are listening or watching, praise God, that our relationship with you gets more intimate, more personal, and more powerful as we move forward with you. And I give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out the website wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.